Father, I just thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace, for all of your love. I thank you for this word on today, oh God. And, and it's not about me, but it's about you. It's about your people. It's about um, the word that you have for each and every one of us. Oh God, even as I teach, um, I'm not just saying these things and speaking to those under the sound of my voice, but I'm also um, speaking to myself. And so Lord, I just pray that this word would just be an encouragement to each and every one of us. Um, and that as we go through um, our week, you know, um, that this word would just come back to our minds and we would be um, even more encouraged and, and, and ready to dive deeper into your word so that we can grow um, and see transformation in our lives and the lives of the people around us. And so, um, Lord, I just give you all the praise and the glory and honor without you. God, I just don't know who I would be, but I'm thankful that I don't have to think about that because you are always with me. You are always with each of us. You said you would never leave us nor forsake us. And so I thank you that you are present right now in the sanctuary. You are present in each and every one of our homes and your spirit is moving and speaking to us and helping us to take this word and to chew on it and to learn from it so that way we can see the lives that you have promised us come to um, fruition. Lord, I thank you and give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, so let me see. I don't think I wrote out exactly all of my scriptures, but um, I am going to come from there are a lot of scriptures that I could bring out and I just don't, I'm not going to bring out every single one. Um, so if you have the book, you can go in and look and see all the various scriptures um, that you can read. I wanted to really focus on hopefully like praying that this will focus on a particular theme based on this whole overall subject, but John 16, 33, um, and that's going to be page 13, 17. And I think all my scriptures will actually come out of the voice today. Um, let me see. I also have um, Hebrews 4 and 12. That's actually going to come out of the NIV. And I apologize. I didn't get the, the page number for that one. Um, Psalms, Psalm 119 verses 97 through 104. That's page 717. Uh, and then also Matthew chapter four, verses one through 11. Um, that's going to be page 1154 in the voice. Um, I think that is it. I may also read, I think a second Samuel um, chapter seven, uh, verse 18. Yeah, um, and that's page 366. But I think that will actually come out of like the, the NIV, maybe it's so a different version there. Um, and so with that, the, um, we are, are studying Charles Stanley's um, 30 Life Principles Bible Study. And today the subject is God's word is an immovable anchor in times of storm. I like to start off by reminding us of a scripture that we know and have heard many times. And that's gonna be John 16 and 33, again, page 13, 17. And what it says is, I have told you these things so that you will be whole and at peace. In this world, you will be plagued with times of trouble, but you need not fear. I have triumphed over this corrupt world order. 
uh, the version, you know, in the of the scripture that we normally um, hear, it says, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And as I read this, I kept wondering, what does it really mean to overcome the world? How does knowing that Christ has overcome the world really help me? And the voice translation, it actually connected it for me. This scripture means don't lose hope. Don't give up in hard times because God has provided help. He has provided a solution for us, no matter how challenging the storm is that we face. There is a way through, there is a way out, and that way is his word. God's word provides the solutions and principles we need to live victoriously, to overcome in times of hardship, difficulty, and uncertainty. The beauty of all this is that God, being all-seeing and all-knowing, created these solutions in advance so we can tap into hope, inspiration, encouragement, victory uh, when we need to. It's readily, it's always accessible. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what time it is. It doesn't matter who you're with, what the situation is. None of that matters. The word says you can be at peace. You can cease from worry. You can cease from living in fear because the answer is always available. When you look through stories of the Bible, you find countless examples of God showing up and providing help when it's needed. Being the unchangeable God that he is, you can know that if he did it back then, he'll do it right now and he'll do it in the future. We say God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. The only requirement for us is to know and abide or to live in his word because his word tells us who he is and what he has promised. His word provides knowledge and wisdom to guide us through life. And if you think about it, I was thinking about the Lord's prayer. It says, give us this day our daily bread. And how do we describe the word? Many see it as nourishment for our souls. So when we're praying this prayer, what we should really be thinking about is, Father, give us the word that we need for our situation today. Charles Stanley says, we need to read the Bible daily to give our minds and hearts the spiritual nutrition they need to face life's daily demands. His word is the anchor for our, for our life, is what we hold on to when everything seems, seems to be going crazy. I am reminded of the song. It says, on Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Who is Christ? He is the living word. So if you stand on him, what that means is that you're standing on the living word of God. We've talked about this before, but what does Hebrews 4 and 12 say? Um, in the NIV version of it, it says God's word is alive and it is active. So as we grow in Christ, as we live and walk in faith, it's an absolute necessity that we cling to the living word of God if we want to see God's manifested promises in our lives. Lately, I realized that it's so easy to drift and not spend the time we should in God's word. You shouldn't feel condemned if this, if this applies to you. Don't feel condemned about it. It's just a fact of life. When life is good, you can coast. You enjoy the goodness and don't think about much else. We've all done that. What normally happens is when life gets challenging, we come back and start reading more and praying harder so we can get, get back to the good place. But it's so important to remember to stay in God's word during good and bad times, to always study and put the word 
Or as David says in Psalms 119.11, he says, hide the word in your heart so you're ready when tough times come. Charles Stanley says, the more time you spend in scripture, the stronger your bond with God grows. God's word is your, re is your resource for wisdom and truth, but the key is preparation. Preparation is the key to success and a wise strategy is to familiarize ourselves with God's word before an emergency arises. Spend as much time as possible acquainting ourselves with his stories, with his promises, with his wisdom. And the more time we spend studying, the better prepared we'll be to apply the wisdom of scripture when we need it most. Psalms 119 uh, verses 97 through 104. Again, that's page 717. Um, in the in the voice version, and I'm going to read it out of the voice. So it says, again, Psalms 119, verses 97 through 104, it says, Oh, how I love your law. I fix my mind on it all day long. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, because they are always with me. I have more discernment than all my teachers, because I study and meditate on your testimonies. I comprehend more than those who are my elders because I have kept your precepts. I have kept my feet from walking the path of e evil so that I may live according to your word. I have not neglected your lessons for you, God, have been my teacher. Your words are sweet to my taste. Yes, they are sweeter than honey in my mouth. I gain understanding from your instructions. That's why I hate every deceitful path. As David writes in these scriptures, we find that if we meditate, if we fix our mind on the word at all times, there are a few promises. You become wiser than your enemies or those that are out. Sometimes we don't think about people as enemies. So it's like, or, or those folks that are out to get you, you know, we know we have some people that seem like they're just out to give, get us. So you can become wiser than your enemies. Um, you develop <laughs> greater than even your teacher, you understand more than your elders, and you avoid evil. These are powerful results that stem from diligent study of God's word. Knowledge, wisdom, and discernment are so important for us as we navigate this life, as we navigate the storms and difficulties that come our way. Charles Stanley discusses the importance um, of discernment. He this, defines it as the ability to decide between God's truth and the world's error. Amen. And he says discernment is important so we can understand God's word and apply it in ways that honor him. The first step to growing in discernment is reading the word. So you start by reading the word. And then the second step is studying the Bible in context. If we don't understand the context of scripture, then we will misunderstand. And at times, if we misunderstand, we will misapply the promises in the word and the misapplication of scripture could be dangerous to us. You have to, when you're, when you're studying the word, so you read the word to me, it's like, that's the first level. You read the word and you're just reading, just getting it kind of inside of you. The next level, though, to go deeper is to study it, where you're really un trying to understand what did God really mean when he said this? And so Charles Stanley actually provides a few questions for us to think about when we're studying the word. Who did God choose to write this particular passage? 
um, what were the historical circumstances of this writing? To whom was the passage written? Any, um, what is the tone of the passage? How does it connect to the passages around it? How do respected Christian scholars and teachers interpret the passage? What relevance does the passage have for believers today? What this, the reason why you have to ask these questions is because you can't just look at one scripture and take it for face value. The Bible was written in a particular time and the meaning that it had um, back then is, um, the meaning that it had uh, at that time, it was, it was for those that lived at that time. And it's not as easily discernible to us without study. In short, we can't read the Bible from the perspective of, of a 21st century Christian when the Old Testament was written between 1200 and 165 BC and the New Testament was written in the first century, long before modern technology and language as we know it um, existed. Sometimes we'll, we'll look at the word and we'll, we'll read one scripture and then we're like, ooh, I'm going to take this scripture and I'm going to run with it. But you really don't understand what was that, what did that mean to the Christians of that day? Until you understand what it meant to the Christians of that day, you're not really going to understand what God, what the principle was that God had for us to see for today. And so I just think that it's important. And Charles Stanley, what he, he brought out there is that we have kind of this name it, claim it, you know, environment where it's like, oh, I'm just going to go in the scripture. It's like a buffet. I'm just going to pick the one that applies to me and I'm going to use that for my life. And it's like, no, it doesn't really work quite like that. You have to really understand the context of the scripture. That's why when you first learn to read the Bible, they say, always read the scriptures above and below it, you know, so that that way you can see it in context. Well, if you go a little further, not only do you read the, the scriptures above and below it, but you go back and read the beginning of the chapter all the way to the end of the chapter. And then sometimes you have to go deeper and say, well, what is this book of the Bible really all about? And how does this particular chapter fit with the whole book? you know, um, that you might be studying. And I know, like, for us, sometimes you feel like, well, that's, that's so much work, that's going to be a lot for me to try to, like, really understand, I'm not a Christian scholar. Well, God has blessed us with so many people out here who, who have the time to dig deep, you know, and to really go in and tell us what these scriptures, you know, mean, and what the Bible meant for the people of the day. And it's our job, you know, with all this technology that we have, to constantly be looking for that. And that's why I, I did love that Charles Stanley suggested that you look for reputable Christian scholars, you know, and teachers. It's not that you just going out and finding somebody who agrees with what you wanted to believe in the first place. That's not how it works, you know, because we can always, the reality is like you can take anything and turn it into whatever you want it to be. But our job is to look for truth. That's what discernment is about. That's what the Holy Spirit is here for, is to help us to find truth because it's the truth that sets us free, not us, the truth that we think we know. It's really what the word meant. And so it's so important for us to go deep, you know, it's in our world right now, it's just always sound bite. Somebody wants to just throw out something that sounds good, makes you feel good in your flesh and everything. And you're like, ooh, I'm a run with that. Ooh, I love that. And it's like, that could not even be in, there could be no revelation at all. It just sounded good. And so it's important for us to be diligent students of the word, 
so that that way our discernment can grow. And then when we hear things, it's not just about, you know, us feeling good and saying, oh, I feel good about that. So that must be true. It's about us really knowing, you know, what that word is saying so that that way we can apply the principles for our life. Um, an example of the word being used in and out of context and why it's so important for us to have discernment is the exchange between Jesus and the devil in Matthew 4, um, chapter, chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. That's on page 1154 in the voice. So again, Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11. And it says, the spirit then led Jesus into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. After this fast, he was, as you can imagine, hungry, but he was also curiously stronger when the tempter came to Jesus. If you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus, quoting Deuteronomy, he says, it is written, man does not live by bread alone. Rather, he lives on every word that comes from the mouth of the eternal one. And then the devil took Jesus to the holy city, Jerusalem, and he had Jesus stand at the very highest point in the holy temple. And the devil says, if you are the son of God, jump. And then we will see if you fulfill the scripture that says, he will command his heavenly messengers concerning you. And the messengers will buoy you in their hands. So they'll hold you up in their hands so that you will not crash or fall or even graze your foot on a stone. That is not the only thing scripture says. It also says, do not put the eternal one, your God, to the test. And still the devil subjected Jesus to a third test. He took Jesus to the top of a very high mountain and he showed Jesus all the kingdoms of the world and all their splendor and glory, their power and pomp. And verse nine, nine, the devil says, if you bow down and worship me, I will give you all these kingdoms. And Jesus says, get away from me, Satan. I will not serve you. I will instead follow scripture, which tells us to worship the eternal one, your God, and serve only him. Then the devil left Jesus and heavenly messengers came and ministered to him. So if you look at this scripture, you can see over and over where Jesus had to combat what seemed like the truth, what seemed like the word with the actual word. I mean, in the one case when the devil was like, well, the word says you can just throw yourself down and the angels will catch you up. You can look at it and it's like, it's a quote. And so you can say, oh yeah, that's the scripture does say that. But Jesus was like, um, that is not the only thing it says. It also says don't tempt, you know, and so it's just little things like that. If you're not careful and if you don't know the word, you know, if you're not studying it for yourself, somebody can say something that is almost right or out of context. It actually is right. But when you put it in context, you're like, that's not exactly it. And that's why I said earlier, if you don't have discernment, if you don't understand the word deeply, it could be dangerous to you. Think about it. If Jesus hadn't have been Jesus, he would have heard that word about throw yourself down. And he was like, well, that's what the scripture does say. Boom, I'm going to go jump off. And guess what would have happened? He probably would have died. I'm about 99% sure that he would have died. 
the angels wasn't going to come hold him up because he took the word out of context. And, and sometimes we think that God is going to protect us just because we're saying, you know, something particular, but that may not be, if it's not in context, if it's not really God's word, then he, there is no real obligation to protect, you know, God loves us and he cares for us. So he will be there, you know, to, to, you know, care for us and try to help us in a situation. But you do need to realize that there's not necessarily an obligation because you're taking the word out of context. You're taking the meaning out of context. And and we don't always have people teaching us this stuff. You know, they're they're just saying, well, you go in. I mean, I've heard many, many people say, just go in and find a scripture for what you need. I might have even been guilty of saying that. Go in and find a scripture that you need and hold on to it. And you just keep saying it. But even Charles Stanley said, yeah, but if you don't understand the requirements for that scripture, if you don't understand the requirements for that promise to come to pass, you can say it all you want. It may not happen. And so I just think that that is, is something that's really important when we're talking about the word being an anchor, you know, to our very life, then it's important to know what that word is so that you know what that anchor is. And when you need it, it's there. You know, when we know the word for ourselves, we can successfully combat temptations and anything that challenges the truth of God's word and promises to us. Knowing the word helps us sharpen our discernment so that with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can tell the difference between truth and lies. And it's so important in our day and time to know the difference between truth and lies because we have a lot of people saying stuff. And it's not, I would say, this is not just about a like spiritual stuff about coming to church. This is about everything concerning your life. We tend to want to separate um, our Christian walk from like our, you know, us not being in church kind of a life. It's all the same to God. So when we're talking about needing to have discernment and having these principles in our heart and having the word in our heart, it's because all of that stuff is what informs our behaviors. It informs our thinking so that when we're making decisions for our everyday life, we're making decisions that are in line with God's word and his promises. And if you are not, you know, um, steeped in the word, if you're not meditating on the word day and night, then what happens is when things come at you in life, you don't know, you don't really see the truth, you don't really see the lies, you don't see what you really need to see in order to navigate through wisely and see that victory. But if we are in the word, if we're studying, if we're praying, if we're allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us, then like Jesus, we can respond to lies by appealing to the unchanging word of God and achieve victory as God intended. You know, Jesus said he came that we might have life to the full until it overflows. And that's what God is trying to get, us, get to us, you know, if we would just take the time to study, you know, the word. There's no excuse, you know, for us not to really be studying and learning the word. I mean, there are millions of YouTube videos, articles on the Internet. I mean, information is at our fingertips in a way that, you know, people could have only dreamed of, you know, like 100 years ago or something, maybe even less than 150 years ago even, you know, information at our fingertips. So we can learn, you can even learn passively. I mean, you could just turn on, you know, a podcast, you can turn on a YouTube video, and you can listen to teaching from all around the world. 
All you have to do is just study and find out, hey, is this person that I'm listening to a respectable person? And if you can't do it yourself, you have us here as a leadership team to help you dig in and to learn it and, and also to figure it out. We'll join in with you because this is so important. The word is literally the anchor to our lives. I think we can see how important God's word is for anchoring our life and helping us to live the abundant life he promised. As we end um, this study, it's important, or you know, this particular chapter in the study, it's important for us to realize that this isn't a formula that we can apply and expect God to respond exactly the same every time. But it's important to have the word in our heart so God can bring the word to us in a way that makes sense for the situation and for us in general. God is interested in our spiritual growth and development, so he will lead us in a way that will develop our faith and help us grow up into spiritual maturity. Sometimes it's enough to meditate on the scripture and we'll see results. Sometimes we have to pray and confess um, the word. Sometimes it'll happen quickly. Sometimes it may take a while. Whether it happens quickly or slowly, we can trust and believe that God's word and will will come to pass and he will guide us to the answer for our life. And so the reason why this particular part is so important is because sometimes with what I'm saying, you know, or things that you hear, you feel like there's like this perfect prescription. If I read for five minutes or if I study for 10 minutes, and I do that at any point in time, then within one day, I will get a response and God will answer and come through. And if I keep doing that over and over, I can do that for the whole rest of my life and I'll get whatever it is that I'm believing for every single time. That's not how that works. You know, God is interested in relationships. He's interested in us growing up into spiritual maturity. And so the thing is, like, I, I, you know, it just came back to me. I remember when I was when I was younger, I say when I was a younger Christian, you know, and I was listening to some things and people would say, God deals with us on the level that we are. When you're a baby Christian, sometimes you will see miracles happening like every single day. And it's just because of the stage that you're in, God is trying to help you to understand. But then it gets to a point where you get older and God is like, mm-mm. I need you to grow up and you need to grow in your faith, you know, and I've been taught, thinking a lot about faith lately because of some things in my, in my own life. And I was like, I keep saying, you know, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If you can always see it, if it's always there, if it's always tangible, that's not faith. So the only way it says the just shall live by faith. We are the just you know, and so we should be living our lives by faith, not by what we see, not by what we feel, not by what we think. It's about what we know as laid out in the word of God. And so God's goal is to grow us in faith, you know, and so with that, he's not going to respond the same way every single time, because if he responds every single time, that doesn't take faith. And so I, I the more I thought about that, the more I was like, all right, God, I see why it's so important for me to um, have the word in my heart in the way that I should, because at any given time, in any given circumstance, 
he needs to talk to me in the way that I need for that moment, you know, for the stage that I'm in in my life so that I can continue to grow and develop into the person that he would have me to be. And so, it, you know, it, that's why, you know, again, the whole theme of today is about being anchored, being firmly anchored in the word of God so that that way you have at your disposal at any given time the word that you need, whether that's the word that says, hold on for a while, or if that's a word that says tomorrow, such and such will happen, you will have what you need to, to be successful um, in life. Um, I think, let me see, am I going to read the scripture? So I'm not going to read it, but it's just something that I wanted to, to bring out. In 2 Samuel um, chapter 7 and verse 18, it, it, part of that scripture says, and not in the voice, because the voice didn't say it like this, so I'm guessing it was the NIV. Um, it says, David sat before the Lord. And what this means is that he spent time alone in God's presence, communicating with God from the depths of his heart, asking him questions, listening quietly for his answers. This was a pattern that David developed throughout his life. Our goal when it comes to the word of God and when it comes to our relationship with God is to develop a pattern that we are constantly in fellowship and communication, you know, with him that we're sitting before him, you know, and it's like it makes you go back to the story of Mary and Martha it says only one thing is needful. And that one thing was how Mary uh, sat at the feet of Jesus, sat before him and was just taking in his word, taking in what he said. And as she and, and what did Jesus say? He's like, I'm not going to take that away from her. Yeah, Martha, we got a whole bunch of stuff that needs to be done, but she's doing the thing that absolutely needs to be taken care of. And so, you know, um, Charles Stanley says, the Lord will likewise honor your desire to seek his guidance and wisdom. If you come to him expecting him to answer, he will never disappoint you. If you are true to his word and understand it within its context, you will recognize how to apply God's principles and promises. You will find strength to cling to the Lord as an anchor during difficult times. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I do not forget your law. And so I think that that is so important for us to realize that the word is always there. It is an anchor. It is a light. It is a guide. It is everything that we need. And, you know, this, the, the chapter, you know, it ended with just life lessons to remember. So I'll share those two with you in closing. Number one is that God's promises are the anchors of your spiritual life. And we've said that over and over again. You can refer to Hebrews 6, um, verses 18 through 20. The second lesson is that God always fulfills the promises he makes. And you can see Joshua 21 and 45 for that. And God will reward you as you patiently wait for him to fulfill his promises. See Habakkuk 2 uh, verses 2 through 3. So I pray that, you know, as you just ponder these things, hopefully I didn't say, you know, give you too much to really think about, you know, but as you just take a principle, take a nugget from just something that I said and hold on to it. If nothing else, walk away saying, I got to do more to get in the word. And I can't just get into the word when I'm having a hard time in life. In this world, we will have trouble. We will have tribulation. There's going to be all kinds of problems, you know, but if we go ahead and, and get into the word deeply every day, you know, building ourselves up, as it says, build ourselves up on our most holy faith, you know, as we are building ourselves up on the faith as we're laid in God's word, 
then we will be able to overcome, you know, in the way that Jesus um, promised us that we would overcome. We will be able to see truth and we'll be able to discern the difference, you know, between truth and lies and we'll be able to live victoriously. So, so that's what, you know, I believe God has for us to really focus on today. And with that, let us just say a prayer. Father God, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you for just, um, just helping us to remember how important your word is. God, it's not about us just picking and choosing what we need from your word, but God, we need all of your word. We need all of it in context. And God, many of us, we, we don't know how to do it on our own. So we ask for your Holy Spirit to help us, to lead us, to guide us into all truth to illuminate the word where we need it so that we can understand how it really applies for our life today. God, I just thank you right now because you are good and you are always with us and you are always helping us. You never leave us, you never forsake us. And because of that, we can stand firmly on Christ as our solid rock. We can stand firmly on the word as the anchor for our souls, the anchor for our life. And Lord, I just give you all the praise and the glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.